Welcome to the Totally Dissolved Podcast. I'm Bronwyn Serna. And I'm Kathy Hilbert. We're two coffee pros who want to make learning about coffee fun and accessible for other coffee pros. You'll hear fun and informative interviews, as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your coffee life. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's jump into this week's dose of an education in caffeination. Bronwyn. Hey, Kathy. We're back with another episode. How's it going? Um, great. It's really good. It's hot here. It's almost summer. I know. I'm not ready. I am. I so need a vacation. Not even a long one, just a short one. I know. Summer doesn't necessarily mean vacation to me. It just means hot. It used to when we were in school. That's true. um, Very true. I went on a walk with my dog this morning, and it was 66 degrees outside, which is lovely, but the humidity was like 85%, and I was just sweating. See, I don't mind the humidity. Give me all the humidity. Yeah, but I've, maybe you don't sweat like I do. <laughs> I'm a sweaty person. I think this is the second time I've talked about being sweaty on this <laughs> podcast. So. We're in L.A. It's okay. I think we're allowed that. Yeah, but it was, I was, it was unexpected with being 66 degrees outside. True. Super humid and not, not cool. Um, what else? Yeah. What's your, what's your week been like? Oh my gosh, Weeks. it's been good actually. I have been because things are a little more open nowadays in LA, and everyone's being more social. There have been some good films out there, and uh, we went to go see the new Top Gun Maverick. Highly recommended, y'all. I am obsessed, and I kind of want to watch it again. Even though I'm not that big of a Tom Cruise fan whatsoever, but Top Gun was a fabulously great throwback 80s film, and um, I had to see Maverick because it was so much fun. Yeah, uh, I broke the news to Brian one before we started recording that I've never seen Top Gun. I'm kind of okay with it, though, but I don't know. I think if you, I actually think Maverick is way better than Top Gun. But also if I never see either, it'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would watch it just for like, if you are into summer blockbusters, go for it. Yeah. It just seems like an action movie though. And I'm not like, see, I love action films. Guilty pleasure right there. I would rather watch, um, like a dumb teen movie. That's my guilty pleasure. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like an awkward plot line of like, teens falling in love and getting bullied at school and then coming out on top like give it to me 10 things I hate about you I've actually never seen that <gasps> in full I've seen oh all gosh. of it but I've never sat down and watched all of it love at once it. but that's it. one that I would definitely yeah make sure, sure that I watch um yeah I don't know what else you went to the Backstreet Boys oh. yesterday yes I did I saw the Backstreet Boys last night um speaking of high school and uh, this that was more like Younger than that, junior high, sixth grade. Um, But it was a gift to my 12-year-old self, for sure. That's amazing. It was really, really fun. They were still dancing, and they performed a bunch of the songs from the Millennium album in all white, just like they are on the cover wearing all white. And it was so good. Like, they weren't just like, let's sing all these old songs in our cool, new, relevant clothing. They were like, let's sing all these old songs in all white, 
just like we did in the early 2000s. I love it. Yeah, it was I good. It's it really good. And they closed. Uh, this was like the encore, which we all know was going to happen. Um, they closed with Larger Than Life with nice. a really epic uh, fireworks show. Like, it was like a little bit too much. Like ne- That is never There too were much. too many fireworks going off where you couldn't really see what was happening. And it was just like a flash of light and so much smoke. Um, it was perfect, but it was also like a little over the top. Um, so, I mean, the song's called Larger Than Life. If you're not over the top, then you're doing it wrong. Exactly. So. That's the perfect closer, too. Yeah. Especially for Backstreet Boys. That's great. Amazing. I think that's the highlight of my... Well, it's the highlight so far, but I'm also going, because I'm, I don't know, 65 years old, to see <laughs> Chicago and Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys uh, on You're Friday. You're an old soul. You're definitely not old. <laughs> I mean, I have enough gray hair to be old. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it's, nice. it's going to be a good, good week concert for music. week for you. Yeah. That's amazing. So, it'll be fun. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, uh, what's in our cup, Kathy? Yeah, I was going to say, on to important things. What's in our cup? Um, I'll answer since you asked me first. <laughs> um, I picked up a Honduran coffee from Go Get em this week. Um, it's called Caballero Catuayi. And we looked up a little bit about it. And it is from producers Moises and Marisabel. Um, I am familiar with them from a coffee that we have called El Puente. And then I know Counterculture has bought their coffee before, yes. so you're probably familiar too. But this is from a different farm. It was called El, El Julia. Julia. Well, all right. Hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, as the name of the coffee says, it's Catuayi, single variety. And it's... And we're having it cold today. Yeah, we're having it cold because, like I said, it's not really that hot, but it's humid, and I was feeling a little icy. Um, yeah, it's got, like, a nice malic acidity. little chocolate. Yeah, like milk chocolatey. little fruity candied peel, orange peel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pleasant experience. Yeah. I can't wait to try it out at some point. I can give you this bag and you can make some. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Go get them. Make that happen. Yeah. Nice job, Matt, on roasting that. Although I will just really quickly say, um, go get them. Change their shortbread from a cardamom shortbread to a brown butter, and it's like brown butter is delicious, but I do love the, the cardamom, cardamom was they, so good. When and did I, they change that? I don't was know. that recently? I think so. Kyle, I, I'm gonna have some words with you. <laughs> Because I, I love that one. I was going to get some, and I saw that there was one brown butter one. And then I looked on the app, and it's all brown butter now. So Sad. Or you can just send me the recipe for them. I promise I won't sell them to anyone. I'll just eat all of them um, on my own in one sitting, and uh, I'll be happy, and I won't complain. So, yeah. If you are in the L.A. area... Their seasonal fizzy hoppy tea right now is a grapefruit, and I am loving it. it is, I also saw maybe delicious. like a preview of a, a can. Of they fizzy have hoppy the tea? cans now. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. That's great news. Highly Stop recommended that. with your favorite clear alcohol too. What's your favorite clear alcohol, Bronwyn? My favorite clear alcohol: tequila, mezcalish. Well, actually, more mezcal. Yeah. Yeah, and gin, gin and gin and mezcal are up there. Kindred spirits. Yeah, those are my favorites. Vodka can 
bite me. Yeah, don't like honestly. vodka all that much. It kind of does actually bite me. It's <laughs> biting and nobody needs that. Yeah. Sorry if you love vodka. Maybe try some gin. <laughs> <laughs> Today... Today. We are talking with a wonderful person. Rebecca who, Jones. Yes, she Sweet. left Los Angeles at some point in the last couple of years, and I did not realize it, but um, I'm glad to be talking with her. Yes. We are starting on a new series. We are going to delve deep into equipment, and we're going to be talking with Becca all about tech. Hi, Becca. Hello. Welcome. It's so good Thank to you. have you here. Yeah, it's so good to be here. So today we are starting our equipment series, and we decided to talk with one of my favorite techs, Rebecca Jones. Oh. Becca and I used to work at Counterculture together, but I wanted to, one, I think this is a topic that is especially important for baristas, but not a lot of baristas really have amazing tech knowledge, nor, nor is it required, but I always find that it is super helpful to know about your equipment. So when this topic came up, I'm just like, I know the perfect person, Becca, let's reach out. So today we are beginning our series on that with teching for baristas. And Hell yeah. you, you are not only, I think, one of the most amazing techs out there, but also a really great educator in teaching tech for us non-techies. So, And just a very approachable person, which I yes. feel like is really helpful in learning anything that you feel maybe nervous about, is to have somebody who's approachable and kind and helpful. <laughs> so Thanks. Yeah. yeah, I feel that way about all aspects of coffee education. <laughs> if you can't ask someone a question, it's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. So we're super happy to have you on and giving your time to us today. So our very first question is, what is in your cup? Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> I have one actual cup uh, full of ice water um, for the normal hydration. Important. <laughs> then very important. I have... Of seltzer water because more hydration. I need that too. And then I also have a beer. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, Getting all the I hydration. Usually have at least two beverages. Um, this moment is no exception. Um, I was pretty caffeinated today, although I realized um, I do not know what coffee I drank today. I did not prepare any of the coffee that I consumed. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I feel like that's so, kind of the way it goes when you work in coffee most of the time, right? You just I feel like, drink yeah, the I mean, it there. was like, yeah, yes, often. <laughs> I feel like it is atypical for me to not be like, oh, what, what am I drinking? And today I was just like, we got to get out there. <laughs> this is a caffeination delivery in the morning and then a dial-in to make sure something works later. Um, but yeah, I'm drinking a... Weiner Beer Company Kettle Soured Cezanne with watermelons. It's made in Chicago. One of my very favorite things. That's so cute. That's a cute name. Bubble Tub. Yeah. um, Weiner is like a really awesome 
company that mostly makes sour things, which is that my sounds whole delicious. Jam. Yeah, I love so, that too. Um, and yeah. tis the season too. It's a very tis and. The season. And for you listeners, because like we're seeing Becca on video, it is also a very cute pink can. <laughs> it is. They have great with cartoons. They have great artwork. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Lovely. Yes. Also, I'm like having the joy of like, oh, I live in the Midwest again. Um, there are seasons, so I'm like very excited about spring and summertime. Bought some watermelon today, <laughs> and like it's, it smells like salad outside. Yes, we were just talking about the weather here, and I was complaining that it's really humid. I don't know. It's always warm here, I feel sure like. It, sure it is, Kathy. Perpetual summer. <laughs> it was like summer. 85% humidity. I was... I've, that, okay, that's... Yeah, it that's was like 66 hot. degrees, and I was just like so sweaty, and I was like, what is wrong? Yeah. What is wrong with me? Yeah. What is wrong with the weather? But yeah, it's just going to get worse, and I'm not ready for it. Yeah. That's one thing I miss about living in the Midwest is being excited to sweat because you've been feeling like numbness so in your toes and fingers for months. Yeah, for sure. But, for sure. Um, cool. Well, thank you for sharing all of your beverages with us. I feel like <laughs> yeah. in, in the natural way that beverage people tend to drink too many things at once, you're fitting right in. Um, will you next tell us who you are and what you do and all about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, I am a coffee technician. Um, it's funny, Bronwyn, that you introduced me as Rebecca, because I do actually fully go by Rebecca here, um, like to cafes now, and I am known as Becca by lots of people. Um, but yeah, a lot of people know me as Rebecca or Becca. Um, I've been coffee teching for over four years now. Um, started with Counterculture in Los Angeles, where I got to work with Bronwyn and meet Kathy at Coffee Things. Um, and that was a whole time and just a very focused, different type of tech work. Um, and now I work for Steamvolt in Chicago. Um, and Steamvolt fixes all the stuff for all the people. And it is super fun. Um, so I've learned just like a ton more manufacturers um, of machines, work in a lot more types of cafes, um, just like every grocery store <laughs> and cafe and hotel in the like three hour radius around Chicago. Um, wow. But yeah, it's been like a super cool learning experience, um, getting, to, getting into like a wider array of equipment versus working for a specialty roaster that pretty much had like a set of equipment um, that we mostly worked on. Um, it's just been really helpful to get a different perspective on all those things. Um, but yeah, I mean, my background is always had coffee threaded through it. I have never not had a food related job. Um, and you know, coffee's just always kind of like popped back up into things. I went to school for printmaking um, and worked my first cafe job when I was in school. And, um, def you know, like Soma Coffee House, Bloomington, Indiana, went there a week and a half ago. 
because I saw my friend get married and I visited my old espresso machine because I have to every time I go there. Um, Like the sappy coffee person that I am. Um, (laughs) But yeah, learned how to make espresso with like VHS tapes in a weird basement. Like, yeah, that was like my early oddies coffee education. Um, And then later I like actually learned what espresso was and was like, oh, this is like, could be like cooking like it's a whole it's a whole thing um and just went like deeper down the rabbit hole and met an awesome coffee tech at my barista job um in LA um met Masha at my awesome coffee job who made me go to counterculture classes and not made me invited me lovingly (laughs) um and I was like oh this is so cool um and just yeah like went on a whole deep dive from there Amazing. There was a lot of information there, but in particular, I loved how you learned coffee initially through VHS tapes. What particular VHS tapes oh, yeah. did you watch? Okay, I've never heard of it this. was just like it was just like man goes to Italy to search for the way to make coffee. Of course, like who I don't know who he was. He was like probably uh, that's rude but I was gonna say it was probably like no probably just like a guy who could afford to make some VHS tapes um I would love to actually know who it was if it was like uh that would be really funny if it was like George Howell I don't think it was but um he was just like a guy who um you know was like dispensing his Italian coffee knowledge Um, and it was it was straight up like you know the people who manage this cafe have a lot to do so we're going to, like, send you to the office to watch this tape. And then you're going to, like, go, like, crush that line out the door. <laughs> and it was just like, all right. This is all you need to make good coffee. Exactly. This is all you need. That's it. I literally, I remember someone asking me what the espresso was. And I was like, I don't know. It's the espresso, it's the espresso beans. <laughs> um, and I also remember, though, we served something that was marketed like in a container just called white espresso and I realized at our um like green to over roasted roast tasting where we like cupped coffee across the roast spectrum um at counterculture once like I realized it was just really really lightly toasted coffee um that was like pre-ground and we would like make these crazy watery shots of like basically green coffee and put it in like smoothies and stuff and it was good (laughs) it was was, like really weird and really good okay so i have some questions for you about this this is totally unrelated to anything we were gonna ask you but well i mean i'm sure people are yeah really this is this is what you get it's like oh you had a chat question well let me tell you about what's in my cup today (laughs) (laughs) um ask away okay so the reason this is so important to me is because i worked at a coffee company in Bend, Oregon for my like first specialty coffee job. And it was Bend is like a tourist area during almost every season because there's the mountain where everyone skis and then people come there for a vacation in the summertime. And people would ask us for the weirdest stuff. And one of them mm-hmm. was white espresso and it kept coming up and kept coming up. And I was like, I don't know what this is. Um, and then eventually realized the same thing that you did, that it's like under roasted coffee, um, yeah. and then it sort of like disappeared from, 
at least my coffee experience for years. And then I feel like it kind of came back in the last couple of years where I'm like, what the hell is this doing back in my life? What? Really? <laughs> Wait, yes. have you like, but I've never tried you it. You actually encountered it again? No, I've just had oh. people ask about it or be like, oh, I know this place that has white espresso. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I've, oh, so wow. I've never seen it and I've never tasted it. What do the beans look like? Like how, how okay, roasted the are is, they or aren't they? For coffee nerds out there, if you think about what you're not supposed to put in your grinder, here, I'll segue this to tech very <laughs> yes. neatly. Beautiful. An under-roasted coffee bean, not crispy, chewy. Uh, you can't, you can't put that in your grinder it's in dense, the cafe. Right? So dense. all of this stuff is pre-ground. Like, it is a container of white espresso that is, like, kind of French press grind, honestly. Okay. Which is why it, it makes <laughs> not an espresso shot, just a brief infusion, um, and you do not have to grind it. It does not in bean form. <laughs> okay. So it's hard to tell the roast level because yeah. it's ground. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. That that does help a lot. I would like to speak to somebody who's making this white espresso. <laughs> that could be a topic. <laughs> but um, I don't even know where to find it, so I don't even know how to find who to talk to about it. So, I don't know. Yeah. True, it has gone away from, I don't know, maybe a drive-through espresso. Yeah, I mean, we could definitely let our fingers do the walking and Google some white yeah. espresso brands. I will, I will briefly leave you with an opposite end of the, like... Uh, white espresso type of situation. Um, I went to BK today and got an iced coffee uh, at the drive-thru and was like, I've never had their iced coffee. I must know what it is like because I do this. Um, and I ordered an iced coffee and the like person in the drive-thru was like, do you want white or brown? And I was like, white or brown? Like, what? Is that how you say like with cream or like black coffee? Because I have not heard that one before. But like, I'll new. see what that means. And I was like, um, I have like a little cream. And she was like, ah, I don't know. I don't drink coffee. All I'm seeing is a brown jug and a white jug. And I was like, jugs. I was like, I I'm like okay. Oh. Um, and then she was like, oh, someone just told me it's mocha and vanilla. And I was like, all right, found it, <laughs> figured it out. Um, I was like, I will, <laughs> I was like, do you have plain iced coffee? And she said, no. I said, okay. <laughs> uh, and I had a very sweet iced coffee, um, before. Did you go, did you morning. go white or brown then? I went, uh, vanilla. vanilla? I just, I ordered, yeah. <laughs> I white. chose not to say it. I'll have the white jug version. Yeah. <laughs> the white jug version. <laughs> I was like, are these like syrups? Like what kind of, like, how is this being dispensed? Um, I like anyway. that a lot. I love it. Um, I'll drink anything. I feel like you kind of had this wrapped up a little bit in your story, mm. but I would love to know what got you interested in coffee and tech. And if those are separate answers, that's fine. Totally. So because coffee was always sprinkled into mostly just jobs and social things it, it it was like there but I wasn't really really interested in it um until after after a lot of years like I was I was more I've always been more interested in food and so 
wherever food has taken me, like various restaurant jobs, like um, coffee has just like been there also and like slowly sort of, I guess, like took more of my attention. Um, but the tech thing, I mean, I did not know that being a coffee tech was a job until I was at my last my final Brees job and like met uh the coffee tech who would come in and was just like oh like yeah I like want that job like I just like knew that that was like the coolest sounding job um and I've always like taken things apart like I have always even I was thinking about this like even at like early jobs like I worked at an ice cream store as a teenager and I remember like just like unclogging a dipper well one day when it like had a problem. Like, of course, just, of course I was going to do that. Like, I don't know. I just like take apart things when they don't work um, out of like frustration about quality. <laughs> I was going to um, ask if you're like a tinkerer because most techs yeah. I know are tinkerers. Yeah, definite tinker tendencies. And like the printmaking stuff even fed into that. Like, I feel like printmaking taught me patience um, whereas, like, a lot of my art practice before I studied printmaking was just, like, the immediacy of drawing or painting or just, like, things that were, like, very tactile, um, was never much into, like, graphic design stuff, which also checks out, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> very analog, um, mechanical person. But, um, I think what I learned in just accepting that like to get an end result you have to just pay attention to like every layer and every part of this process and like there are time sensitive things and there are things you have to just like start over with if you mess something up like all of that stuff that happened in printmaking um like etching copper or like doing lithography all became just like it it taught me an acceptance of just like processes and how things are just materials um, and they can hold a lot of weight depending on what you do with them. Um, like putting your ideas into something is important and like worthwhile, but also as my lithography teacher would say, like, it's just a stone. I'd be like, what? <laughs> it's just a stone. Like been spent hours like drawing on this thing and like doing crazy stuff to it. Um, and I feel like it's like the same thing in tech. It's just like, I am, I've become very comfortable with things taking an unknown amount of time but deciding that like nothing is a mystery and it will be solvable and I will solve it with the tools that I have um which is very satisfying that's awesome and I love that perspective too it's yeah. like there's nothing that is it may start off as a mystery but you're gonna figure totally. it out yeah, yeah for sure I feel like that's yeah. also like everybody's dream of a tech is to just <laughs> know that the problem is going to get solved and not be like, well, I don't know how to do it. I'll tell my boss. See you later. <laughs> Which yeah. happens. And then, and then a barista is like, well, my next question was going to be, is it going to explode later? And I'm like, <laughs> no, of course not. But like, how would you know that unless someone tells you? Right. So like, you should tell people these things. Like, if you can't fix it, be like, I'm going to go. You're going to be okay. And I'll see you tomorrow. Instead of like, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> Yeah. How was that transition? Because when you you did start off like in food and then 
in coffee, you did start off as a barista. How is that transition going from a barista to being a coffee technician? Um, from the standpoint of how it is just to interact with people, it felt very easy um, because in lots of ways, being a tech is just like, I'm just like serving back of house which is like the best the best people <laughs> it's just like you are i'm you know you go from talking to like hundreds of people wanting coffee a day and maybe and maybe like managing the floor or like talking to your managers or like coworkers or whatever and then you just have to just talk about like what the problem is or like find the person who's going to decide what they're going to pay for. And like interacting with people came very easily because I had just been talking to people at work for <laughs> 10 years. Um, and the other side of it, um, I mean, I was kind of just like jumped right in. So it was an odd transition. Um, I think like, even though I just said it's very comforting that there like is a solution to a mechanical problem, there is, I, I remember early on feeling like, you know, I can't just like hand this brewer like a free croissant and like convince it to like be satisfied. <laughs> like I would like a person who's being difficult. Um, you can't just talk your way out of all the issues. There, It's like concrete things are real stubborn. And like, if something is, cracked and it's leaking and like you just can't tape it up and keep going <laughs> like you have to do something a little more real and that 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 was an adjustment just like feeling the the sort of burden of like oh this is like this is on me and like even if I know what has to happen knowing exactly how to get there or like when I'm going to get there was a hard thing to adjust to um even just like you know working for working for like so many different um, cafes and having to sort of learn what problems are urgent and what problems aren't mm -hmm. um, like on paper. <laughs> but then also, you know, when someone calls you and is like upset for, you know, reasons that range from like, my coffee is like three grams off, like this is unacceptable. And I'm like, nah, it's going to be fine. But like, sure, I'll come in. Um, to like, hey, like water is everywhere. Like we've unplugged the machine because we were scared. Then I'm like, cool, yeah. Like there, there are sometimes very obvious like um, ways to decide what problem is like super needs your attention. But that took that that was like the jarring thing about starting tech was just like, what what even are all the like range of things that can happen? <laughs> How do I know which ones to like run to? Yeah. Yeah, that would be a big, big switch for sure. Yeah. Um, and I want to ask more about that later, but yeah, for sure. Um, don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, so, what what would you say is the most rewarding and the most challenging part of being a tech? Now that you've been doing it for a while, it seems like you really enjoy it. Yeah. Um. I mean. The most rewarding thing is just like 
you know, it's really satisfying to, because I've been a barista and worked in like so many kitchens and places, like I, I know how stressful it is and like how many things you're thinking about or balancing at any given time. And so it feels really good to just be a person sort of like behind the scenes, just enabling things to like run better than they were before. Um, it's nice to fix something that's like very cut and dry. It's also like the best to like make someone's coffee taste really good and have them be like astounded by something that feels pretty like simple to me. But, you know, because not all technicians or mechanics like come from coffee either, I, it, I try not to take that for granted and just, you know, um, make coffee taste good all the time. Mm -hmm. That's something I appreciated even when I was like talking to Steamvolt about working here. My boss was just like, yeah, like we, we try to like make a coffee every day. And I was like, cool. We're not just like, <laughs> like throwing that out. Um, and that's, yeah, that's true. It's like very, it's very satisfying to see the whole process through. Cool. And what's, what do you feel like is the biggest challenge? Um, the biggest challenge I would say is mostly just like brain, brain trash stuff, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, encountering a problem and being, you know, maybe going into a job, feeling confident that it was one thing, getting there, realizing it is a totally different thing. Maybe hubris kicked in and I was like, I don't need to bring the such and such. And then you like definitely do. Um, that's like the, the most like stressful or draining part is mostly stuff that like I can control, but just have to like, you know, talk to myself about <laughs> like <laughs> making sure I am not overthinking a situation, making sure I'm also like fully prepared and like have a plan for every situation, not just like rolling in somewhere, like not thinking about it already. Um, yeah, just like managing my own expectations is the most challenging thing. Yeah, I imagine that that would be really hard because, y yeah, you don't always know what you're walking into based off of somebody's description because they're not a tech. You mm -hmm. know, like, you yeah. may not even have like a cafe where the person is like, well-versed in espresso equipment as a barista either so For sure you're kind of which just is like, like such a dearth in training like it's it like yeah I encounter that pretty often and try to just be really patient and mindful that I do not know what everyone has been taught or why or if they're being paid enough to even learn the name of something from me that day you know it's like just like very cognizant of like all of that stuff um but something yeah something that i i want to like see as part of more barista training is just like tech like i don't know like a tech dictionary <laughs> like just being able to you know manuals exist baristas are handed like the espresso machine manual um right. usually um we hope we have, yeah it's like that's the other like total double-edged sword of training is like there's a lot of gatekeeping in 
restaurant industry jobs and coffee jobs. Um, Some of it, I feel like, is to protect the equipment, though, you know? Like, you don't want everybody to know how to reprogram every group head. (laughs) So... I'm kind of like, why not? Like, (laughs) someone's going to fuck something else up. Might as well help your daily flow that's I mean I also try to like when I go into an individual cafe if someone is like don't tell people this I will not like (laughs) secretly do it or something um and I do I have like I can totally see how like utter chaos breaks out when certain information is like relayed or misrelayed um but I also feel really torn about a lot of that stuff like I just want people to feel equipped I agree. I feel like the bigger issue comes from companies being owned by people who don't really care about coffee um, the way that we want them to. And it's like, okay, if the ownership doesn't care, then why would anybody else underneath them care? And Mm -hmm. unless that person is specifically seeking out a coffee professional who's actually a coffee professional and not some guy who was a barista for a year somewhere... And mm-hmm. feels really cool about being a barista um, because those are always the guys that get hired. I feel like. Um, <laughs> like, do you have experience? Oh yeah, like, I've pulled, I've watched pulled at least a thousand shots in my life. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just feel like it's it's hard to get people to care when nobody else cares, and if the top doesn't care, then how is anyone underneath gonna care? Yeah. Unless you're yeah. one of those nerdy people, like I would imagine yeah. all of us, because we are in our coffee careers, right. here we are, but we just figured it out. We took the grinder sure. apart when it was clogged. We, um, you know, clean whatever, or, you know, I don't know, replace yeah. the nozzle on the hot water thing when it arrived because it seemed easy enough. You know, it's like there are people who just like aren't afraid to do things because they want to know more and then other people are just mm-hmm. terrified and other people who just don't care and so For sure i think being that's a tech is definitely a lot yeah being a tech is definitely a lot of reading the room about that yeah and you know like trying to be realistic about what the ask was and what the actual solution is um which is also obviously a big difference from like being a tech for for a roaster that's like representing the coffee and just being someone who's like okay like it's like a hundred dollars for us to show up so like we're gonna give you what you need and then some within the exact like constraints of your time and money um and like if someone wants more training set that up um if someone is just like we want this button to work i'm like i got you and if someone is like why does this (laughs) button not work i'm like also got you um yeah yeah um this kind of ties back to something that you said about the part that you enjoy the most or find the most rewarding um but you mentioned texts that maybe don't have coffee experience how do you feel like they have challenges that maybe you don't have and vice versa Because I've just know. encountered a lot of... Okay, that's <laughs> fine if you don't have an answer. I just, I've just i worked with both as a sure. like barista or trainer. Um, 
here in LA, you know, we work with Black Rabbit mostly and sometimes Good Times, which is an offshoot mm-hmm. because they both came from Black Rabbit. Um, yeah. And they're all people who came from coffee as a general rule. Whereas when I was in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, most of the coffee companies is just people who like know how machines work and they ended up in espresso equipment for whatever reason. And I feel like there's a big difference in how the approach to fixing equipment was, but I imagine that there's also maybe some difficulties of like, you want people to understand how to, make good coffee and use the equipment well. Whereas the other techs probably don't care about that because they don't know the difference. Yeah. I think it's like there's an, and like everyone in between, right. That's just like, cool. Like I've done this a lot, but like, I don't know what's happening, but like, it looks good. (laughs) Um, like I have pulled a shot. Like what are the specs? Not sure. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I think an advantage of people who don't come from coffee is like efficiency. Like True. <laughs> my biggest challenge is probably actually just uh, efficiency. Cause I'm like, Oh man, like I could dial in everything in this cafe. And I like, cannot <laughs> like all the time. Like yeah. I cannot just spend like eight hours a cafe that like definitely wants me there for only one. And yeah. that is, that was also a big adjustment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if anyone from Steamboat is listening, I'm sure they're like, haha, yes, yes, it was. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you can't just hang out all day. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing being like, oh, do you want me to test shots for you? And sometimes people are just like, nah. And I'm like, okay, are you sure? <laughs> I would like I to can taste do your it. espresso today. Like, <laughs> yeah, because I can I? totally do it. <laughs> but some, you know, for some people, it is like massively helpful because they don't know or whatever barista is there is not the person who dials in usually and it's saving someone a lot of time for me to like dial in while I am like packing up my tools or like fixing something else in the cafe and that's nice to feels nice to be able to do just like without really thinking about it um you know beyond asking people like what their recipes are and stuff yeah also, I feel like I should just apologize to Tex in Minneapolis area. If you know all about coffee, I haven't met you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, a funny thing, like, always happens in restaurants and tech stuff where, like, someone is always going to blame the last person who was there. And, like, sometimes that person is you. And that's, like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. With, like, I have encountered so many things where I'm, like, cursing whoever installed it because it was, like very poorly done and then there are days where I like go back to somewhere that I like maybe just didn't have time to like redo something that I'm now going to redo and I think aha okay like we all like, we oh, all that have was me. time constraints and uh <laughs> yeah um yeah it happens yeah. it happens exactly. but I think yeah there is I'm obviously invested in coffee and so it that does like it, it helps. It doesn't, it can't not help when fixing something to like know what the end product should be. Yeah. And I think having, especially like looking back and because you do have that barista experience, what would you want baristas to know to help make not only their jobs easier, but also your job easier? 
Um, that's a good question and a hard question. Like, I want, I want baristas to just like feel comfortable and confident in their space, and that is like, oh, that comes back to the whole like who, uh, yeah, who the owns education, this yes, <laughs> yeah, the whole education um, thing. It should be part is of the owner, uh, yeah. right? Like, is anyone paying for training of any kind? Um, but I, I want people to feel, um, I guess like more for someone who is a barista who's into coffee, but maybe just feels intimidated by tech, I would say, you know, like understand that there are like more than one way to do things, which is something you learn just when like playing around with coffee, just from like the specific barista point of view. And like, there probably is another way to do things from a tech perspective. Or if you like are confused about why, you know, like where does the cafisa go when I'm back flashing? Like, well, like, you can figure that out. Like, that's a great question. That's one of the first things that I learned from the coffee tech at a cafe where I, that made me, like, you know, get more interested in it because it actually solved something I didn't realize was, like, taking up brain space. This was, like, <laughs> worrying about where the cafe was going. <laughs> um, not into the boiler. Like, you know, it's just, like, there are things that baristas worry about because they tell me um, and asking often just clears up a lot of those worries. Like people get really concerned about like really good baristas will just be like, what else can we do? And sometimes it's like nothing. Like just know that like you can keep your equipment clean and that is like number one. And if you notice that like things are looking different, tasting different, just like note that don't think it's random if you are there every day just like bring it up to someone be like hey does anyone else like notice this thing because I feel like a lot of times people just sit on problems that they don't realize are problems until they are emergencies and that is one of the most helpful things is just people being familiar enough with what's going on with their equipment that they can name when something is off um, it is not important that you know why um, the thing is happening but from a tech perspective, if I'm calling someone to get more info about like what it means that nothing is coming out, it's like, okay, like of the grinder, like of the portafilter, like of the brewer, like talking about water, we talking about the brown water, like after the, you know, it's just like um, all these questions that are not super complicated, but I think people get intimidated by because they think they're supposed to like jump all the way from A to Z and really I just want people to be engaged enough with what the coffee looks like as they're making it to be able to describe when something feels off or different. Um, and that will help you be a better barista anyway, if you, you know, that's just like dialing in, but like with all your senses, like noticing what's happening in all these processes. Yeah. Oftentimes I feel especially because you have so much going on as a barista or even just like as a cafe manager, sometimes like you said noticing and being very attentive or just realizing like hey I work on this equipment I'm comfortable on this equipment and if something is kind of off like trusting yourself despite everything that's going on that oh this doesn't look right or this doesn't taste right just like noticing something is not necessarily wrong but off or different and totally. keeping keeping track of it 
And yeah. even even noticing things like that can, you know, maybe it leads to the fact that it was just using error and you didn't weigh something or weighed something twice and like forgot and it was confusing. But like talk talking about it will lead you there also. And that's just like the most helpful thing. It's okay to, like, have made the mistake, but, you know, just gotta, like, acknowledge that it has been done. Yeah. That's good to hear that that's, like, your biggest, like, piece of advice or concern for baristas, because that makes me feel better as an educator with what I'm covering with people, especially Mm -hmm. because some of the accounts that we have, it's like, I don't really have that much contact with the owner, and so I don't really know what all their involvement is with the equipment itself from the date from day to day. So just reminding people like, okay, you take the basket out every day to clean it. Hopefully Um, you take the screen out every day to clean it. You are pulling shots all the time. Like look for these things. Does your Mm -hmm. screen have a tear in it? Is it dented? Does the basket have a dent in it? Um, Are the baskets falling out all the time? These are Mm -hmm. things that you can be paying attention to and bring them up because they're going to make your job harder or more annoying if you don't deal with them. And the longer that they go, then it's going to be even more annoying for you because it's going to get worse or it's just going to be this persistent, annoying thing that happens every day. Um, And not really giving them all of the information because they don't need it. And like their pressure gauges, like just know what your pressure gauges look like. Where's the needle hitting? Is it in this red portion um, Mm -hmm. when you're using it? If it's resting in a different spot, is it always in the same spot? Is it doing the same thing over and over again? Great. That's what it should be doing. And if it's different, let someone know. But you don't need to know why. You don't need to know what's causing it. And you don't have to solve it. Exactly. Um, But just let someone know. Because you look at your equipment all the time. Your boss Mm -hmm. probably doesn't look at it as much. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So that makes me feel better as an educator that it sounds like what I'm doing is, I mean, you're not the only tech in the world, but I do trust you. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I mean, I appreciate that you as an educator are talking about the parts of the equipment that the barista has control over. Mm -hmm. Because like, obviously you explain how to backflash or whatever, but it's good to break it down further and just be like, these are your tools. This is your domain like understand it yeah and and then it will give you good coffee yeah sure um this is kind of like a piggyback on that question but what would you want owners to know about their equipment that maybe they don't pay as much attention to oh man um, they own the equipment, so there's more at stake for them, but I don't feel like they always recognize that. They own the equipment, and yet, what have they... <laughs> They're like, it's going to work forever. Used it? Yeah. People will be like, but you just replaced this. And I'm like, yes, I replaced a piece of rubber six months ago. <laughs> Have you, has your cafe been open? Um, gonna replace it again. Um, yeah. That all sounded like a very messy answer. But. We knew what you were talking love... about, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love for 
owners, you know, cafe owners, the people who are buying equipment, or even just people who are, you know, often equipment does not belong to a cafe. It does belong to like a roaster or to the building in some strange instances. And so you are, you know, the steward of this equipment and basically should be paying attention to it in the way that the priest is. Mm-hmm. Look at the stuff. Does it look the same? Is anything missing? Um, you know, be familiar with the basic functions of it. I think, you know, for someone who is managing or like truly running the cafe, there should be an amount of tech knowledge um, that doesn't put pressure on the barista or rather alleviate some pressure where like if something goes wrong, I would like to know that the manager or owner of a cafe knows what to do. Like know where your breaker box is. Like y'all, it is embarrassing. The number of buildings I go to where I'm like, hello, where's your breaker box? And someone's like, oh, (laughs) I, um, follow me. And I'm like, you've never seen it. Like, (laughs) this is crucial to everyone's safety. I'm not fixing it until you find it. So like, hope you remember where it is. Um, Also where your uh, on and off switch for your espresso machine is. Yeah. Know how to turn the espresso machine off. Know, know where your water Water's shut off is water. know know where your drain leads to yeah. often a repair is like get that drain hose off the floor and people are like what and it's just like you know like and again that's not something that it's easy for me to like go somewhere and be like oh i like fix this in a few minutes like it was just like putting a drain hose back in the floor sink but that is not something i expect like someone behind the counter of a grocery store to do but like i do i do kind of expect like the store engineer to be like down to do that um like if you can tell me where you think a giant pool of water is coming from like maybe you could trace that big hose back to the source (laughs) like yeah i I will say i do kind of expect people who are using something and standing in said puddle of water Yes, to maybe to kind like of trace it. it. I mean, I was just thinking of other things like that too. It's like I've worked at cafes where we kept like saucers near the pump, and then sometimes the saucers would touch the pump and it would make this mm. horrible sound. And we we're like, "What yes. is that?" <laughs> just look, like you know, use your eyeballs and your ears, and yeah, find where the source of the sound is coming from, and then. If you're like, oh, these ceramic plates are touching that big metal thing that's vibrating. I'm going to move them. If the sound stops, then you did it. And, you know, it yeah. just, I think yeah. some of it is just like having enough interest in the job to yeah. um, this is do some thing. discovery. But also, I yeah. guess I don't expect everybody to care as much about their I job know. because not everybody's like, job cares about them. I am the person who like took apart the like tea taps because it was tasting weird and I like you know yelled at my like manager that we need to go like get someone to clean it and like that is just not every person <laughs> that's like right that's like weird level of beverage person involvement <laughs> that's <laughs> why, why I am where I am yeah. but um yeah it's like you know having I want people to have the yeah spatial awareness to solve to solve problems like that and the bigger thing is like i want people to be empowered to want to be to even be able to be curious about the equipment at at your cafe Mm -hmm. 
there's just not the space to do that often. And that, that is where like, I want managers to like, if you, if you are hiring someone, trusting them to run your coffee program because you, you know, just think they have knowledge and are going to do that. Cool. You need to like equip them with more resources, ask them what they need. Hey, like what would, what would make your job easier? I can't give that to you as the owner, but I could like sign you up for a class or like, you know, have people come in. Like if, if people are interested in doing that for their employees, but are like wondering why it's just not working, like you got to put in, got to put in constant work um, Mm -hmm. to make sure things stay interesting and relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a perfect world, in a cafe where we've got interested baristas and supportive people in charge, what are a few important basic tech skills that you would want those baristas to know? Totally. Um, I would want baristas to know how to remove the drain hose to their espresso machine if it gets filled with espresso so that you can just clear it out, reattach it, Mm -hmm. flush some cafesa down it, keep going with your day and not have your drip tray overflow. Um, I would love, on a more basic note, for people to not just remove the drip tray, but clean out the drain box of their espresso machines. Mm. Uh, Like with a spoon, that's all you need. Um, Pour some cafesa down there. I w- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pour some cafesa down love... every day. You'll never need a spoon. Seriously. Yeah. You'll t- yes, truly. <laughs> um, I would love for people to practice calibrating their brewers, dialing in like recipes on brewers. That's something I would love for, like, um, coffee trainers and educators to practice more of. It's so awesome when I install a cafe and the coffee program manager is like oh i'll set the recipes i'm like yes yes you will like get in there it's not insane um and that means that you know someone's actually paying attention to to the drip which is cool um so i would love more people to be able to dip into that um that also gives you insight into troubleshooting like so much of what i want out of good communication from cafe managers and also baristas is just being able to again like describe what you're seeing so if people can access the programming menu which is something i very rarely have someone do like over the phone but sometimes if someone's far away i will like talk someone through that um you know like okay like go into your fetco error list and like tell me what you got because the thing you're describing doesn't make any sense and then i'll get like a code and i'm like great um so like knowing how to access basic um, programming, but then maintenance wise, yeah, cleaning out grinders would be cool in a perfect, perfect world. Mm-hmm. This perfect world you've described, um, everyone would like clean out their grinders like once a month. That would be dope. <laughs> the coffee would taste so good. <laughs> um, Are you, uh, how, how... What's your recommended grinder cleaning method? Do we grinds? Are we just... Oh, I mean, my recommended 
I take the mine apart. Perfect method is like take that apart. Yeah, take that <laughs> yeah, like put apart. On, put on some, put on some, you know, like chill wave and take it like, apart. Get your okay. vacuum out. Yeah, but um, this is like that perfect world that we were talking about. Um, right. I mean, that's like that's like if you are not, if the cafe is not open, and you have been shown how to do that, love that. Go for it. I'm um, terrified of telling people to take their grinder apart, especially if they use a mask. Oh, yeah. So I mean, I me too. Put that bag on wrong, and it's going to ruin it forever. Yeah. No. I do not. I do not, like, openly advise that to most people. But again, um, perfect world. Yeah. But again, perfect, perfect world. Um, I mean, the fun thing, it's so strange, like, being a coffee tech largely is maintaining very old like keeping old things alive um <laughs> and then very I, will, true. Like, I will like occasionally encounter like the newest Melkonig grinder where like you can just like pull out the like flap that covers the chute that used to be like a really hard to get to declumper you can just clean that like what I'm like people are <laughs> people are slowly incorporating cooler stuff into technology well, like, it'll be 20 years till most people have that, <laughs> yeah. but guess it's cool that exists. Um, so that's, it's like a funny, it's a funny thing. I'm very into, you know, maintaining things as long as they are still making coffee that people are happy with. And then when it just becomes too sad, try the new thing. Yeah. Do you have a favorite coffee tech tool? Oh, um, wow. What is my favorite coffee tech tool? Is it a flathead screwdriver? (laughs) (laughs) Um, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like to guess any other (laughs) tools? (laughs) I can tell you what my favorite coffee tech tool is. It is actually, it's a very, so it is the knife hex adjustable wrench oh heck yeah i also i love my i love my nivex plier yeah, wrenches. they're so great plier wrenches will yeah do both both the plying and the wrenching that's um, very true yeah i feel like that is i'm glad you still love those brown ones i mean that is like my well they don't belong to me anymore I guess sadly um but i am gonna buy them i'm gonna buy that some like a very a satisfying thing about coming to chicago and being like, yep, I'm going to keep being a coffee tech for, like, a long time. Um, I have all my own tools. I own my tools. And that feels huge. Um, Yeah. Like, very special. Um, So, yeah. What was my other... Oh, I did feel, like, um, just super thrilled when I was given a water key, uh, which is, like, a particular valve shutoff. It has another name that's like really goofy, but it's just like a four-sided, like square. Um, I don't know. That plumbers use. No, I know exactly a, what you're talking yeah, about. A, yeah, totally. I can't think of the other goofy name for it. It's just a water key. But I felt like I'd been handed like the key like to the city. <laughs> I was like, yes, I can turn off the water in any building. Um, which, like, I just didn't encounter that type of water valve in Los Angeles. This seems, impo- like, really improbable now, but it's probably just because I didn't go to, like, 
hundreds of places. Just um, almost that. <laughs> is the funny name a hydrant key? No. Silka? Yeah. Yeah. There we I told go. you it was silly. It was silly. <laughs> I really couldn't remember Sil, even. Silly. Silly. Yeah, right, right, right. There we go. Cool. But it's yeah. those are really cool anyway. though. Come in all different shapes and sizes. Even I don't really have a favorite tech tool, so I can't really join on this conversation. I've never been a tech. I've definitely done some things. Like I can clean my grinder, which reminds me I need to do that. And I can yeah. change my gaskets, things like that. But I try to let the uh, the adults do all of that stuff for me. <laughs> <laughs> And by that, I mean the people who are better at tech stuff than me. Uh, yeah. You're, you're still an adult. Uh, <laughs> I'm just an adult in a different area. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I yeah. mean, when you left Becca, I am very grateful that you were able to teach me, like, essentially how to do a more thorough version of all of these kind of basic cleaning and what have you, because yeah. it's it was awesome. Like I felt so much more comfortable. I got to understand the equipment a little bit more on just like, and, and not be afraid of electrocuting myself one and also okay. not drenching myself in water most of the time, which is, yeah, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And as a coffee tech, I feel coffee technicians are the unsung heroes of the coffee world. Truly. Yeah. Because you guys keep everything running, truly. It is pretty wild. Yeah. We try. Yeah. You're not, and, and I also find what's really fun about being a coffee tech is the tools are a weird combination of not only normal kind of everyday, everyday kind of tools that you would see, but you have to, sometimes it's like, like actual car mechanic tools and like plumber tools. So you're, you're, and also electricians. So you're, you're trying to be an electrician, a plumber and a car mechanic all in one. Yeah. I mean, it is a super, super useful set of skills. Yeah. I recently fixed my complicated vacuum cleaner, fixed my own sinks. I do fix stuff in my car sometimes. Just like rewire a plug if it's bad. Uh, I don't know. It's just like stuff that just becomes possible <laughs> when you're like, oh, yeah, it's just this thing. Very true. Yeah, I, I mean, that's why tinkers end up in tech yes. positions because it's all like the same. It's just like n- nobody invented the parts that make up the espresso machine specifically for the espresso machine. I would assume. I also might just be making stuff up right now. But, you know, they took things that existed and put them together in a different way to make the espresso machine function, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of quoting from other shapes. (laughs) Yes. So, (laughs) that also (laughs) boil or suspense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. So, before our final, final question, the last question we have for this part is uh, any fun stories to share? I feel like there's going to be something really good because you <laughs> encounter so many different <laughs> scenarios. Oh, man. But um, also no pressure. I don't want to. No, I mean, 
some of my like I feel like my early tech times were the weirdest because it was just me um figuring it out late late at night in LA um I like have a very particular memory of well several memories at one place downtown that was just like an insane back of house kitchen I was like replacing I was like trying to figure out why there was like a weird pressure issue going on and there's something called the expansion valve which like sets your coffee boiler like max pressure basically Mm -hmm. it like allows for a little bit of air to come out if it's like you know getting too pressurized during heating Mm -hmm. and I was like undoing the expansion valve like during dinner service I don't know why that was necessary but it it was happening there were like wait assists like making iced tea like immediately next to me um and I was like that's so weird that like I'm loosening the expansion valve and like no water is coming out like a little bit of water should be coming out. and then I just like took the whole thing off and was like wow like there's still no water coming out and then it just like <laughs> the plunger popped out and it just like water was just like full hydrant situation and I like had a drain hose in my bag and just like threw one end of the drain hose into like the you know iced tea sink there wasn't tea in it but it was like the only you know the nearest sink and was just like cool like how I had to shut the water off here before take your own advice and figure that out before you start doing stuff with the water um <laughs> but I was like I was like you know just quietly like hey, does anyone know where the water shut off is I would not have been able to it's like it was like behind a wall under a cabinet you have to like take two shelves full of dishes off and go behind a wall to like get to the pump um, which is horrible horrible place so like that wasn't gonna happen I like I just like held a drain hose on there with one hand and like got a new expansion valve out of my bag with my other hand and then just like threw a bunch of towels over it and like put the new valve on and just like no one was the wiser and I was like okay like pretty pretty wet solved that one like and then I and then like leaving these things would always like I had to be at this place like often from like 10 p.m to like 2 a.m for like deep maintenance because they didn't like the dinner service stuff cool I didn't either like I hated that um and so once that was in place then I remember like leaving this place late one night and I had like a cart full of like grinders because I'd like swapped out a bunch of grinders to do maintenance I don't know a bunch of stuff was happening and I just like was like walking to a parking garage and like ran over a dead rat with my cart and all of my tools (laughs) fell off my cart and I was just like cool like I'm like I'm like the only person down here (laughs) like right now (laughs) just luckily I guess (laughs) like this is just like the most like quintessential um (laughs) thing that could be happening right now um yeah just lots of goofy stuff you know fixing things in casinos in the middle of the night drunk people asking me for directions most of the crazy stuff is like not actually tech related it's just like people being wildly stupid um while i'm fixing something things that you encounter (laughs) because of the hours that you have to keep sometimes that maybe the rest of us coffee people don't have to experience. It does feel like a very special hidden world in which I'm like, hey, guy who cleans the 
mats. <laughs> this is our time to shine. <laughs> um, and I mean, I work way less. I, I don't work like crazy overnights uh, now that I am at Steampool. Um, that was like special oddball only tech in the region times. Um, which like that is also amazing. Like boundaries are cool. Working in the daytime rules. <laughs> um, when then the weirdest thing that happens is just like, you know, a coffee grinder is completely full of beans around the motor again. And you're like, oh, this is always funny. So our last thing is what is a good teachable experiment that you want our listeners to come away with? So it could be something funny, something useful, something you think is valuable. Sure. Um, I would say like general teachable experiment, just like don't make assumptions about anything. Um, just ever. Just like ask questions and like be really open to whatever the answer might be. Um, and lately I've had, had lots of like meandering, uh, or like repeat problems with machines that ultimately, or at least in part, were just like due to the machine not being level. So I just like, I'm carrying my level every day and just like, you know, really looking at stuff. <laughs> dead in the eyes being like hey uh can we fix this in two minutes or less yeah, yeah actually um so just like don't underestimate the really really basic stuff and make sure your brewer is on the level surface before you call someone about how the left side is brewing more than the right side true that's a really great one i one of the best things that somebody ever gave me that maybe this is my um favorite tech tool is a little tiny level that fits in my pocket yeah that is yeah. a great tech tool just like whip it out whenever you need it it's this big I and oh, i always I love little this. tools yep. yep there you I go it's just like that except it has black <laughs> ends instead of blue nice yeah love it um my pockets are always full of really um exciting combinations of objects <laughs> and like coffee beans i love that i'm sure yours are as well um, I keep, keep a, it's a, technically a fanny pack, but I guess it's my purse, um, full of things that are helpful, not for coffee things, but for every, everyday life. So I feel like I'm mm-hmm. the, like, life mom, and you're like the coffee yeah. mom about it all. I Do keep bug feel, spray, I... Tums, a Tide pen, and hand sanitizer. And I don't really have a lot of things in my bag at all, so it's not big, it's small, but, yeah, you know. I love that. Yeah. I like always have band-aids. Oh, I forget. Um, and that's useful. Yeah. I feel like that would come in handy as a tech as well because, you know, sometimes you put your hand somewhere and you cut yourself on that stainless. <laughs> yeah. That happens. <laughs> happens. It sounded so grave, Bronwyn. Um, but yes, it does. <laughs> you do cut yourself on the stainless every time. Yes. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And band-aids are like, classier looking than electrical tape when you have to go back somewhere although i've also (laughs) plenty of times had to like wrap a finger in electrical tape and just like put gloves on and then like everything's fine (laughs) (laughs) not bleeding on your equipment at all (laughs) 
Yeah, also Band-Aids are more um, comfortable to take off afterwards than electrical tape, I would <laughs> Yeah. Very true. Yes. Very true. Well, thank you so much for being on Totally Dissolved and sharing your knowledge with us. It was really great. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, so It feels much, a little Becca. silly that we ended, ended on a note of like, <laughs> and sometimes uh, I <laughs> hurt myself. <laughs> um, not often. We got it. We got it down. But yeah. I hurt um, myself often. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, kitchen hands, you know. It was so nice to talk to both of you, though. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Becca. We loved having you. It's so amazing to get your breadth of knowledge and to just share even just that little bit of it. We appreciate you. Thanks. Um, I love, you know, talking about tech. So hit me up. Yeah. Thanks, all. Thank you again to Rebecca for joining us today. It was great to get a perspective from someone who's worked as a barista as well as a tech in different settings. We hope that everyone feels more empowered to seek out solutions and take a peek into your equipment a little more. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks to talk more coffee with you. In the meantime, continue to drink good coffee. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and keep up with us on Instagram at totallydissolvedpod. Send us questions or thoughts in the DMs, or email us at totallydissolvedpod at gmail.com. Bye! Bye.